Hi, this is Bernie Dake. You're listening to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ed Escobar, one of the voices for the Salvation Army's Heartbeat. Heartbeat is a one-minute show about everyday life, ranging in topics from finances and prayer to dating and mental health. Heartbeat is a great way to unplug for a minute and bring your focus back to God. If you're looking for a quick message to challenge you and brighten up your day, listen to Heartbeat on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. Welcome back to Words of Life. I'm Bernie Dake. We are now in our fifth week in this series called Our House with Captain Paul Ryerson. If you've happened to miss any episodes, this series began on August 20th. So subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to get caught up. This week, as we continue to discuss what our churches should look like today, we focus on what Jesus valued the most. We'd love to hear from you. In your experiences, what makes the most impactful church? What do you look for in a church for your family? Send us an email at radio at uss.salvationarmy.org or call 1-800-229-9965. For me, a church that I would look for is one that preaches the full gospel, so the new birth and entire sanctification that is militantly opposed to sin, the enemy and death, that stands firm upon the authority of Scripture, that is credibly meeting the needs of the disadvantaged and marginalized, that has a deep sense of connectionalism across boundaries, both social, socioeconomic, and national, that has a real hierarchy where leaders are able to maintain accountability for local expressions of the church, that invites the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the community and allows the Holy Spirit to have freedom to do what He needs to do. And lastly, is called the Salvation Army. It's the last week of Jesus' life on this earth. It's a Tuesday, and he is outside the temple teaching and preaching the good news of his Father, lesson after lesson. His days are getting numbered. He entered Jerusalem on Sunday to what seemed like a really big celebration and party, but he knew that that wouldn't last long. Jesus is wasting no time teaching both truth and love every chance he gets. The current religious officials in power, the Pharisees, haven't been too impressed with Jesus' teachings. It's not so much what he's teaching, but that he acts like as if he has the authority over the law and not the other way around. They felt that he had to be stopped. It was time 
to make their move. Uh, Not physically per se, but certainly publicly. They sent over one of their best lawyers, an expert in the law. That was by design because they had just heard that Jesus silenced the mouths of the Sadducees who challenged him. Now, of course, this is no surprise to the Pharisees because, well, they hold their counterparts, the Sadducees, of lesser theological intelligence. But nonetheless, let's send in the best that we have. Let's humiliate this Jesus to his followers so that they can see that he is only human and then we can all get back to our normal lives. And this particular expert knew exactly which question to ask. It's a question that has been asked within the Pharisee ranks for decades. There is much debate over the answer, or even if there is an answer. It's a question often used to sniff out any heretics that perhaps shouldn't belong as a Pharisee. This question could be the very eight words to shut Jesus down. It was a large crowd listening to Jesus that day as the expert made his way through the crowd to the front. He tries to get Jesus's attention. Teacher, teacher. And the crowd becomes quiet waiting to hear what the Pharisee has to say. He asked, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So far in our series, our house that we've been going through for the last several weeks, we've looked at the church's commission and community. Now, this week is a look into the church's commandment from Jesus. It is a a very difficult thing to try and summarize in a brief, concise manner what the commandments of the church are. I mean, if you were to actually look all throughout history, you will find no shortage of commands in the Bible. Some of these commands served as temporary instructions for a specific group of people for a specific time, and others were universal for all to follow. Some required faith, and others were simply instructions on daily life, such as diet, hygiene, military service, and even marriage. The first thing that comes to mind when thinking of commandments, at least for me, would be Moses on the top of Mount Sinai, bringing down the Ten Commandments for all of Israel. It was a start, these Ten Commandments, at least for a new generation of Jews who have never lived free lives outside of Egypt. As they wandered the desert looking for the promised land, more and more laws were given to Moses along the way. These laws were written down and recorded so that the new nation of Israel could remember and honor the God that has saved them. We can still actually read these writings today, these laws that were given to Moses. They make up the books of Leviticus 
and Deuteronomy. Eventually, the commandments grew from 10 to 613. These 613 laws would become known among the Jews as Taryag Mitzvah, meaning the 613 commandments. Very clever name, I suppose. However, they would have been given a nickname, one more commonly used among the average person known as the laws of Moses. Even though the laws were not given by Moses directly, his name will forever be associated with the laws because of his leadership. These laws would be passed down from generation to generation, from priest to priest, rabbi to rabbi. Throughout Israel's history, there were times when they were honored and upheld and Israel was doing the right thing. And then there were times when they were neglected. However, on this day, the expert approached Jesus outside of the temple. You see, the Pharisees and all of Israel were upholding the 613 laws. It is true that the Israelites at this time, when we read the scripture, that they were under Roman rule, not as slaves, but as subjects under occupation. They were allowed to have religious freedom, but they were not free. The Romans have been diplomatic and have allowed them to continue their tradition as long as it benefits, or at least it doesn't get in the way of Rome. The Pharisees have spent a great deal of time keeping the laws alive, making sure that everyone is educated and following them. That was the bit that following them for the next generation. Now, the main motivation of the Pharisees was to preserve the law as the way that they have interpreted them. Now, this brings us back to the expert that's in the crowd that day. One that would know the law, studied it well, and takes great pride in making sure others are following it. This Pharisee is asking Jesus to publicly pick which one of the 613 laws is the greatest. It's a trick question. But maybe Jesus would fall for us so that we can finally call him a heretic and get him out of the way. But which one will he pick? Maybe he will just keep it simple and then pick law number one to know that there is only one God. Or perhaps it's number 86 to circumcise every male on the eighth day. Maybe number 332 is calling to him that a blemished priest must not enter the temple. Now, Jesus didn't have to take a moment or go reflect or, or pray and say, I'll be right back with the answer. You see, the expert didn't take into account that there was a reason Jesus spoke boldly about the law. The Pharisee right now is face-to-face with the very author of the law itself. Jesus was there when God gave them to Moses on Mount Sinai. He was there when they were pinned in the desert. He was there when Israel honored them. 
He was there when they abandoned them. And now he is here not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. You want to know what the greatest law is? You want to know what my father's intentions were behind the laws? Jesus replies, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your hearts, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus then says with great confidence that everything found in the scriptures, from the law books to the prophets, hang on these two commandments. Then all of a sudden, the Pharisee found himself in the same condition as his earlier counterpart. He was silenced. It's one thing to know the law, but another to have written. The Salvation Army's mission, doing the most good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support. And we'd love to hear from you. Call 1-800-229-9965 or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to connect. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or your testimony. With your permission, we would love to use your story on the show. You can also subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to learn about more programs produced by the Salvation Army. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. Join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.